You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Kentucky Podcast. We bring you info and insights on UK football and basketball every weekday. Stay informed by making us part of your morning or afternoon commute. Listen and follow for free on Apple or Google Podcasts. Just subscribe to Locked On Kentucky. I'm Dan Reefer with Fox 56 in Lexington, along with Kyle Tucker of The Athletic. On today's episode, we're going to talk about Max Duffy winning a uh, Ray Guy Award winner. First time UK's had a punter uh, win the award. Uh, Landon Young was also at the College Football Awards, so we'll discuss that a little bit and also um, give some publicity to the UK women's basketball team. They're undefeated, and they've got Louisville coming into town on Sunday. And then finally, we'll move on to the Kentucky-Georgia Tech game uh, coming up on Saturday. But uh, first, happy Friday the 13th to you, Kyle, as we tape this on Thursday night. But uh, by the time I get this posted, it will be officially Friday the 13th. Oh geez, I didn't even honestly. I had not even looked at that. That's uh, that's horrible. Uh, we're going to a Christmas party on Friday night, uh, the first, the, our first Christmas party of the season, and that uh, now I don't want to leave the house. Yeah, I'm going. I'm doing the same thing. Going to a Christmas party um, tomorrow night. I noticed. I want to. I want to say it was last night, Wednesday night when I was coming home. Uh, I noticed it was a full moon. So I, I don't know if it's still going out there, but yeah, the I mean, moon if we get a full been, moon. The, yeah, the moon's been beautiful uh, yeah. these last couple nights, big and full. So we get a Friday the 13th, we get a full moon. Who knows? We may see Teen Wolf out there somewhere. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe, the, maybe that's the, the thing to bring, uh, to bring uh, Khalil Whitney or one of, the, one of the other guys that we're waiting to see a breakout. That'll, the, the full moon and the Friday the 13th will get them going. Perfect. That'd be perfect. Um, yeah, let's start with Max Duffy. Uh, he did not make the uh, coaches uh, All-SEC. Um, he wasn't the first-team punter for the coaches All-SEC team. Um, he was, you know, AP All-SEC, All-SEC first team. Uh, but then he wins the award for best punter in the nation, which just tells you not to put too much stock in the coaches' um, teams in college football because look like how much does Mark Stoops know about Auburn's linebackers you know what I mean that's yeah yeah he's gonna probably leave it up to someone else a lot of times it's the sports information directors almost always yeah yeah. so maybe Tony Neely uh keeps up with it maybe it's uh something he takes pride in I really don't know but um I wouldn't worry about it the dude won um National Punter of the Year, the Ray Guy Award, and then he was also named a Walter Camp All-American. So Max Duffy, he's just a junior, right? Is he going to go pro or is he going to come back? Uh, Well, he's actually – it's interesting you ask that because um, John Hale has asked him, you know, talked to him about the NFL, and he basically – yeah, he is a junior. Um, He basically told John Hill, I'm not good enough to play in the NFL. That was earlier this season, but he was already (laughs) off to, like, an incredible start. Uh, Now, I do think that... that Now he's a first-round pick. I mean, come on. I mean, I do... Yeah, (laughs) hopefully not. That's a bad bad use of draft picks, kickers and punters. Don't put it past the Dolphins to screw it up. Uh, Or the Raiders. Uh, (laughs) But I, you know... I do... I would say, you go, how could you, you know... How could the nation's leading you know, punter and average and national punter of the year 
how could he not be NFL material? But I do think there is some concern with that style of punting in right. the NFL. You know, you don't have as much time to get those off. Um, may, that may be a that may be a piece of it. I don't know. I don't. I just frankly don't know enough about punting and punting the difference between doing it well in college and doing it well in the NFL to say one way or the other. But I would think surely to goodness somebody would give him a shot um, at the next level. Not many punters go pro early though. So I mean, yeah. It, assuming he comes back, what a what a ridiculous weapon! Like that you have the returning national punter of the year, averaging forty five yards a punt. You know he's great at the directional stuff, being able to put it uh, put it in there uh, tight. Uh, again, uh, you know, we were talking about Dean Hood and and how much he's made the special teams better and that that Australian connection. But also, you know, dating back beyond Dean Hood, uh, and and I guess Steve Spurrier would appreciate this. Kentucky's kind of punter you a little bit. I mean, Glenn yeah, they've pa- had some good ones. Yeah, Glenn, Glenn Pakalak in two thousand two, uh, Tim Maste, who punted forever in the NFL. He may, is he still in the NFL? I don't know. He's no, he is forever. He is currently an assistant soccer coach at Center College, and they just made the Final Four for the first time in school history. Of course, you know that. Yeah. <laughs> but he, you know, he had a long NFL career. I think Glenn Glenn Pakalak became like a model or something, didn't he? Oh, uh, did he? I, I think. I mean, unless I'm remember, I'm thinking of the wrong, uh, like, wrong former. I know Kentucky had a. Um, this was before I covered them, but I. I know they had a punter that became basically like a model. Yeah, I think it's Glenn Packlack. It is Glenn. really. Yeah, I just googled him and like all that comes up are like all these jockey sh- underwear ads, shirtless. <laughs> yeah, these shirtless, muscled up uh, photos of him and. and well, Mastay was the one who was cut. Like when I interviewed him in college, he said, "Yeah, I went hardcore there for a few years, where I just like I locked it down at 10 p.m. in bed." Up every morning at six a.m. Clean food, always working out. Yeah, well, and, that must have been a thing because Pakalak yeah. uh, also shredded. Yeah, former NFL punter, actor, uh, according to his bio, and a lot of muscled up, shirtless pics for Glenn Pakalak. So go, again, Glenn Pakalak. Good yeah. for you. Yeah, and so since we're naming off all these Kentucky punters and former Kentucky punters, and we mentioned the Australian connection, now is a good time to get to our egregious snub from the other day when we were talking about uh, Australia. Yes, and this is what we teased at the very end of yesterday's Locked on Kentucky. Yes, Yes, and we forgot to get to yesterday. I got a message from Matthew Panton, uh, who, as you know, was, I think, the first Australian punter Kentucky got. Right, Uh, a.k.a. Pants. Yes, Uh, (laughs) yes, right, Everybody, as everybody knows him, Pants. Uh, it was just the friendliest direct message ever. He says, hi, Kyle. Hope you're well. I listen. I hope, I don't think you'll be mad at me for saying, sharing this. I listened to locked on Kentucky to every locked on Kentucky podcast. That was great. Excellent. It, but, but then it takes a turn and was offended when you were, <laughs> when, when you mentioned the movement of Australian punters to Kentucky, you mentioned Jordan Berry, uh, coach hood and Max Duffy, but I invented the movement exclamation point. <laughs> Didn't it? Didn't get paid or didn't get paid or get a scholarship. I deserve some kudos. Jeez, love your podcast, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and he was. I, I apologized, and he he was uh, he was super friendly. He said that you and I have great chemistry, 
Uh, Outstanding. He, he said, and he signed off the second message with love. The biggest Cats fan in Australia. So he uh, must be back living in Australia then. Yes. So yeah. what's up, Matt? Yes. Uh, thank you, Matt. Thank you for the message. We apologize for the snub. Uh, uh, I got to give you high praise, though, for the way he presented that message. Like, uh, I don't know if he learned that in college or if it's just him the way he is. But anytime you're going to critique anyone, start you with always, a nicety. Yes, you <laughs> always begin with listen to all of it all the time. Love you guys. You guys are great. However, I was offended. That, that, that's the way yes. you do it. Angry yeah. America. Take note. And Matt, Matt had a nice, uh, a nice career at Kentucky. He, uh, he averaged 42.3 yards a carry, uh, his senior year of carry or punt. Or yeah. punt. Yeah. They should have played him at running back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I guess, did he just have, I guess he did just have the one year. He was the grad transfer. Um, he had an amazing, yeah, but he was at Columbia, right? Yeah. In he had York. a, he yeah. had an amazing trick punt, trick kick, uh, video out there. A couple of them. He could, uh, it could do all. I think there's one where he's like standing in the end zone behind, if I'm not mistaken, like behind, when he's at Columbia, behind the goalposts, and he kicks it and angles it around sideways through the goalpost or something crazy like that. Good so grief. Matthew Pan could do some really, uh, really crazy stuff with football. But that, that's, again, that in all seriousness, that, that tapping that pipeline. Um, you know, Australia just keeps cranking out these terrific punters. Um, I think yeah. it was a really smart move by Kentucky and by Dean Hood. It's something I'm, I surely Mark Stoops will look at now and go, "Okay, we need to keep this going." You know, right. Let me find a let me find a guy who can keep that pipeline open. But uh, assuming Duffy's back for one more year, they will have gotten three years out of the kid. Um, you know, he averaged forty four point eight yards per punt as a sophomore. And uh, and forty eight point six as a junior, so I mean, he may have yeah. fifty next year. Well, he got Dean Hood was there. Um, I saw um, Duffy get up and he hugged uh, Dean Hood there at the awards. Um, and then Duffy's dad and brother made the trip from Perth, like That's thirty really cool. hour trip. Uh, so then when Duffy gets up there and he's thanking people, he thanks Louis Matsakis, who is on UK's staff. So mm, that might tell you something about how that could carry on through, you know, maybe he's the guy who carries on that connection in yeah. the future to Australia. Cause as we know, Dean hood is moving on. So. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, I, maybe, maybe he gets a promotion. I have no idea, but uh, if nothing else, I sure that I'm sure they'd like to keep that, uh, keep that going. All right, we've got to take a break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit of uh, U.K. women's basketball because there's a big game coming up between two ranked teams, and we'll discuss that next. You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. All right, we're back here on the Locked On Kentucky podcast. I'm Dan Reefer with Fox 56 along with Kyle Tucker uh, of The Athletic. It is Thursday evening when we're recording this for our last one of the week as we enter the weekend. Uh, the U.K. women's basketball team uh, started off the week back on Sunday uh, against Samford with a blowout win, and Ryan Howard, their their star player, uh, had her first 30-point uh, game, first of her career. So then the very next game Kentucky plays is Wednesday night against Winthrop, another smashing defeat. It was like 91-36, and Jada Roper puts up 30 points. So back-to-back 30-point games for UK women's basketball players. 
and that improved their record to 9-0. and Kentucky is ranked number 14 in the AP poll this week. And on Sunday, the Wildcats welcome number 7-ranked Louisville to Rupp Arena. That's a 1 o'clock tip-off on Sunday. Louisville was number 2 in the country before losing to Ohio State last Thursday, 67-60. So Louisville is now 9-1 and uh, and comes to take on the Cats. And this game has always been... Well, I won't say always, but a lot of the times it's been very competitive and Kentucky has had the upper hand over Louisville to the point where it's like uh, Jeff Walls has made some comments over the years, the Louisville coach, uh, that have been uh, you know, aimed at Kentucky because uh, he, he, he hasn't done well uh, against the Cats since Matthew Mitchell has been here. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's uh, that... <laughs> I think probably of all the coaches in any of the major sports, um, and at least in the time I've been around here, I feel like Walls has embraced the rivalry in terms of like just straight up uh, pissing on the other side <laughs> uh, more than anybody. I mean, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong about that, but it feels like he he's kind of leaned into like we hate them and they hate us kind of thing. Well, he had that comment where he said something about Matthew Mitchell dancing, you know, yeah, and he was right. like, "Yeah, we don't, we don't dance. We go to dances, like yeah. as in the Final Four. And I think we go to Final I think, I think at one point he basically said too, because Kentucky's won a lot of the regular season matchups, but often Louisville's, almost always Louisville's women are playing deeper into the tournament. I think he exactly. basically said that, like, yeah, they can have it now. We'd rather be celebrating later." Um, right. type thing and and you know whatever I think you earn the right to talk uh, regardless of the regular season when at a place like Louisville where you don't have any tradition in that regard you get to two national championship games uh, they, their success has been incredible um, you know it's a weird it's, it was a weird loss that they lost because they, the, the game before they beat Oregon which was I think number one right uh, oh, I don't know. I believe I believe Oregon was number one. Uh, the game before they lost at Ohio State, I believe that, that when they beat Oregon, Oregon was number one. Uh, and as you said, Louisville was all the way up at number two. Um, so this is a big, you know, big opportunity for Kentucky because they're they're playing really well. They got you know they got a couple of real difference maker type players. Uh, I mean, when you have the national freshman of the year, that's pretty impressive yeah. and, and they've yeah. got a they got a good recruiting class coming in i think they're it looked like matthew mitchell was a little bit on the ropes you know that what two years ago three years ago the the whole yeah. roster basically left and there was it just yes. felt like there was a ton of turmoil and it seemed like something had to be going on because the program was kind of imploding assistants were leaving i mean it was just the whole thing seemed like a mess i i didn't see how mitchell could steer that thing out of the ditch but he did um, and now it feels like they're kind of getting back rolling again. Uh, you look no further than the fact that they're bringing in a, a five-star recruit whose name is Treasure Hunt. Uh, <laughs> right. I, we're going to have to spend some more time on that, but that is amazing. Yes. Uh, what a great name. And, yeah, this is a chance for them to make a statement. I mean, it's, you, get him, you get him at home. Um, this, they're playing this game at Rupp, correct? Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is the one, one, or, one, one or one or two games that they play every year. Well, for some reason on Wednesday night they played at Rupp. 
against Winthrop. So I, I don't know what that's about. Oh, interesting. Um, maybe there's just a certain number of dates. Do they maybe not have a big another big one to play because they've played like Duke there and some right. You know, mm-hmm. they, they played some other top teams that have come in when they wanted to get a really big crowd. I don't know. I don't know if they have a like an obligation of dates that they need to fill. I don't know what the story uh, is, but I I know Matthew has been vocal in in the past of saying, and he's changed his tune a little bit, but he would he would say, uh, I like Memorial because for a big game, if you get ten thousand people. It's crazy it's, in there, yeah. Yeah, but if you put 10,000 people in Rupp Arena, it's not right. quite the same effect. And so I completely yeah. understand his point. For a big game with a lot of people coming, I want to play that game of Memorial. Uh, but since then, I've heard him alter that, and I probably because he was told, told to alter to, it. Yeah, yeah, I, I think, yeah. You know, I think if you can get 20,000 people to show up the way that you know Tennessee's women can and or could at the at the height of things, then you, you want that. You want to play it at Rupp and – because they have broken, factor, but. they have broken a record at Rupp before. Yeah, they kind of they had to kind of beg and beg and plead with people to do that. Uh, yeah, but um, for largest women's crowd. Um, yeah, they did get twenty some, I think. Uh, yeah, at one point, but I, I don't think you're going to consistently draw those numbers. But I, I I I get what he's saying, you know. And they're making right. They have made and they're making some upgrades to that uh, arena. And if you can if you can just get a, a packed to the rafters, ten thousand. I would take that every day. Yeah, with with the uh, you know what you alluded to, where you know the roster went crazy and his staff was not consistent and all that. Um, so since all that happened, that turmoil. I mean, they're going back in the right direction with Ryan Howard now, and then he also brought back um, uh, Nia Butts as an assistant coach, and um, uh, what? Why can't I remember her name? Uh, she played at Shelby County High School, and she played at Tennessee, and she was an assistant at Tennessee, and she was here, and she left and went to Tennessee, and now she's back. Do, oh, yeah. I've does that ring a bell? Yeah, I've completely blanked on it. Uh, um, Kels, Kelsey? Well, anyway. We've really done our homework here. <laughs> uh, well, I know her name. I know her name. I've known her for years. I just I can't believe that I can't remember her name. But my point was Kyra Elsey. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yes. Kyra Elsey. Kyra Elsey, Nia Butts, and Amber Smith. Yes. Um, so that core is very strong for them. And so after having won five in a row in the series, Kentucky won from 2011 through 2015, and then has lost three in a row. 16, 17, and 18. Yeah, and, and Louisville's been kind of that, – that, that kind of coincided with when Kentucky went into all this turmoil, roster turnover, and, and really had right. to kind of patch it back together. And also, right in the midst of that, Louisville's just, you know, stepping on the gas. Yeah. Um, you know, there was an argument for them to be the you know, number one team in the country early this season. So, right. um, it, it would – there's a chance, I guess, here for – Mitchell and company to say, hey, you know, this thing's turned all the way around. If you somehow knock off a team like Louisville, that would vault them up into the top ten for sure. Well, they've had um, – Louisville has had two of the best players in the country in the last several seasons, that Angel McCautry, uh, and then the one they just had recently. Uh, again, can't uh, remember her name. But that's why we're going to move on to uh, UK Georgia Tech basketball in our next segment. But – once again, 1 o'clock Sunday, number 7 Louisville at Rupp Arena against number 14 UK. Louisville's 9-1, and Kentucky's 9-0. and And uh, we'll talk about that game on Monday's episode 
of Locked On Kentucky. But next, we're going to talk about the, the Wildcats against the Yellow Jackets of Georgia Tech. And Josh Pastner, um, he had some interesting comments to the Lexington Herald leaders, Jerry Tipton, about John Calipari. We'll get into that next on the Locked On Kentucky podcast. Treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you. With DoorDash, right now our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code LOCKEDON. Listening on the go? If you can't visit DoorDash right now, you can find this and all other offers from Locked On sponsors at LockedOnPodcast.com forward slash offers. This is Locked On Kentucky. Your team every day. We're back here on the Locked On Kentucky podcast. I'm Dan Reefer with Fox 56, along with Kyle Tucker of The Athletic. And Kentucky takes on Georgia Tech 5 o'clock Saturday night uh, on ESPN in Rupp Arena. Uh, we talked about yesterday, Bubba Parham returning, dropped 35 points, hit 10 of 16 threes against Kentucky last year as a member of VMI's basketball squad. Uh, but I found interesting today, uh, Jerry Tipton of the Lexington Herald-Leader, um, has an article in which he quotes Josh Pastner saying, uh, I truly believe John Calipari is going to run for president. Like he said, I really believe one day when he retires, I think he'll end up running for governor or senator. I think he might even try to be the president of the United States, and I'm being dead serious. Yeah, I don't think that's... I don't see is he is he there. yanking Jerry's chain? Yeah, I mean, I guess he could, but I, I don't think he'll run for any office. He first said like senator or governor or whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. I, think, I think Cal's politically interested. Um, I think he is informed. I think he, as he mentions in the story, he's a history buff. He he watches a lot of historical documentaries and war movies and books on that and all that stuff. Um, you know, he's always giddy when you hear him talk about, you know, now that he's in this position where he's kind of famous and people want to meet him, it's allowed him to meet some people that he would have never dreamed of meeting. And that includes presidents. He's, you know, friendly with Bill Clinton. He golfed with uh, Barack Obama this summer. Um, you know, all that stuff. He's, and and I, I don't think, he, I think he would sit down with a president from either side. He'd go, he'd go meet with Donald Trump for sure. Uh, if, but if but that, he hasn't, you know. Trump's been here a couple times. He hasn't. I haven't. Calipari hasn't met with him. I, I just find curious. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I, it is. Uh, you know, Trump had an actual rally in Rupp Arena. Um, <laughs> I, I think there's a reason for it. Yeah. I'm just uh, well, we'll move on. <laughs> well, there was also that was also the day before uh, Kentucky was already in New York. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. It was the day before the election. That's um, true. I do think, uh, while he'll probably never declare it publicly, I think Calipari's uh, political leanings are probably opposite uh, mm-hmm. of Donald Trump. But, you know, hes I don't think he would hesitate, certainly, with other uh, Republican leaders to meet with him. And he said that basically like, you know, yeah, if has. you want to criticize me for, you know, sitting yeah. down with any of these guys, like growing up the son of grandson of immigrants and the son of, you know, uh, a lunch lady and a baggage claim worker, uh, yeah. If somebody told me you could meet with presidents at any time you want, then you know, basically said, "Screw you if you don't like it. I'm going to go do it." So, uh, and he has met with Mitch McConnell. Yeah, I mean, and and yeah. plenty of guys on the state leaders on the other side of the aisle. My right. assumption, the other side of the aisle from Calipari. Um, but 
do I think he would actually get involved in politics? No. Uh, you know, it would be interesting because if he ran in this state, in for any you know any state office, I think he would run as a Democrat. My guess, uh, and that would really, you know, test some uh, test his popularity. <laughs> right. You know, is he really that popular? Uh, it's kind of the it's almost the uh, the Matt Jones uh, question. Like, is right even though he's sort of his show is universally popular in a state that is uh, has a high number uh, of people who are opposite of him politically, and he gets told all the time, if you want to you look at uh, Jones's uh, Twitter feed, and, or mine, yeah. or mine, I'm right. not that, mm-hmm. uh, get told all the time, shut up, stick to politics, don't want to hear, or stick to sports, don't want to hear politics, don't want to hear your liberal, yada, 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 yada. I posted a Christmas picture of my kids the other day. I know, I saw that. Of my awful. of my kids, uh, just like at, with their mouths agape at the Christmas tree, it was so cool. This is their first Christmas being like aware. It was and, a precious uh, picture. It was yes. amazing. I just said, if this ain't what it's all about, dot dot dot. And some guy was like, actually, it's not. It was about Jesus and uh, dying on the cross, which is was amazing, which is by the Easter. way, because yeah. that's Easter uh, <laughs> from the pious uh, Christian. Uh, I'm, I also happen to be one, but he pointed out that I'm a fake Christian because I'm a liberal and uh, yada, yada, yada. I'm not even going to get onto the rest of his message. But that tells you about the polarizing nature <clears throat> yeah. of politics. Uh, and this is a state that leans one way. And uh, so I, I would be super intrigued to see John Calipari, let's say, run for governor or, a, or senate. Like, here's a, here's a, here's a hypothetical could John Calipari running as a Democrat unseat Mitch McConnell? Who? <laughs> there's, yeah. there's your question. Could John Calipari running as a Democrat unseat Mitch McConnell? Well, because you know McConnell's popularity seems to be at its lowest point in this state. Yes. You know, at the moment. And yet, you know, I so don't it would know take that any, someone. But I don't know that even that that's true. And also, still, I don't know that anybody running can beat him. You know, currently running, could is, as, John, is John Calipari popular enough that he could run as a Democrat against Mitch McConnell and beat him? That'd be if he wins the national championship this year. And yeah, jumps right. right into yeah. the race. Yeah, maybe, yes. <laughs> maybe if maybe if you finished off your forty and O season, Cal. But uh, uh, yeah, um, or if no, you didn't lose to West Virginia in two thousand ten, or if uh, he promised if you, to write a new law that guaranteed that players had to stay at least two years in college, <laughs> uh, right. But no, I don't think he's running for president, and I don't think I don't think he runs for any office. I mean, I can't claim to know John Calipari better than Josh Pastner knows him, but I don't think that's real. I don't think he'll run for office. It's too much of a pain in the ass. Like, uh, it's Cal- basically being a coach. It's worse. I mean, it's so yeah. much worse. You yeah. know, I mean, you know, you think recruiting is hard and sucks. Imagine having to get on a plane and get in a car. And also, by the way, if you're in a state office, you don't have a the same access to a private jet as you did as a coach at Kentucky. Uh, I don't know. If you're governor, it seems yeah, to work maybe, out yeah, all maybe, right. Yeah. yeah, if you're governor, you get the jet, and you don't have to tell anybody what you're doing with it. But, uh, you know, it it would just be, I mean, he's already in his 60s. Like, you know, however long he's going to coach, does he really want to dive into something so stressful as that? No, you, you don't retire to go into politics. When he talks about retirement, he's talking about doing something else, like with you know to spend more time with Ellen. You've seen how much more Ellen has been out yeah. and about and in the front now that the kids are grown. 
and off and uh, he's he's not going to go into something that occupies as much, if not more, of his time when he hits his. I don't even think you know, he'll do seventies. I don't even think he'll do TV, even though he'd be perfect on TV. I feel no. like Cal feels like a guy who will coach until he runs out of gas for the yeah. for coaching, and then just leave it all behind and go yeah. go spend this enormous stockpile of money <laughs> because yeah. he is he is famously frugal. Uh, for a guy who makes nine or ten million a year, you know his kids give him crap about it all the time. I think right. he's, I think he's just like got a bunker in in uh, Moon <laughs> Township <laughs> where, where he's been mailing his dad, you know, uh, Manila envelopes filled with cash for the last twenty years, <laughs> and he's gonna finish coaching and he's gonna go sit on a on his throne of of uh, money and never work again. I would yeah. think that, that's what I would think. It's certainly what I would do. Um, hey, he has a foundation. I'm sure there's a cause or two that he might take up and spend some time working at because he does have that uh, philanthropic itch. But um, other than that, I can see them. You know, just... <laughs> philanthropic itch sounds like, <laughs> sounds like something I don't want to catch. <laughs> right? But, uh... Sounds like what's going on now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> On the, on the uh, sole of my foot or something, yeah. <laughs> but, you know... It, that'll... I've just got bad news. It's not athlete's foot. It's philanthropic itch, son. I hope you've got a lot of money for this. I hope our, I hope our next... Insurance doesn't cover it. I hope our next podcast sponsor is a is some sort of medication you can take for the philanthropic itch. But uh, the, <laughs> I, I am interested to see, while I don't think he'll run for office, I will be interested to see if he, when he's done coaching if he steps out of uh, the shadows about like how he really feels about some things, because I think he's been very, very careful. Um, you know, he's, ta- he's essentially taken the Michael Jordan line of like Republicans buy sneakers too, um, mm-hmm. which yeah. is, you know, to not really be divisive and, or even make a major stance on anything political. Right. Um, even though I know, I, I know that he, feel certain ways about certain things he's never really addressed that not certainly not in this state um it would be interesting to see if he becomes more vocal when he's no longer in coaching and he's or even if he's no longer in this uh state anymore well he has that thing in his contract that basically says he can be an ambassador for the university for you know until he's done, you know. Yeah, so maybe we'll ne- so maybe we're so maybe we'll never hear how John Calipari really feels about things, but uh, unless you find him at uh, Dunkin' Donuts on a on a uh, Tuesday morning or something. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, that's uh, that's it for us uh, for the week. Uh, we'll be back Monday uh, to talk, of course, Kentucky versus Georgia Tech. Um, I. I looked for a, a line as of uh, Thursday night at eleven o'clock. I could not find. Uh, a line on that game, but I would imagine Kentucky's a, a double-digit favorite uh, yes. for sure, and I would imagine they would also win handily. And then next week it really cranks up. You got uh, Wednesday, you got Utah, and then uh, Saturday you got Ohio State, and then that week after that it's Louisville. So we'll get into all that uh, on the other side. So everyone have a great weekend. Thanks for tuning in, and uh, remember you can uh, tweet us uh, comments, questions, anything on Twitter at d r i e f f e r. Kyle is at Kyle Tucker underscore A-T-H. All right. Have a great weekend, everyone. You are locked on Kentucky. 
Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts locked on. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea.